The Carpenter Rants. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about the masterworks of the horror film genre. We're those nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Uh, this week we are kicking off a uh, brand new limited series for the month of April, and it's all about cults. Because Man, I'm excited. Yeah, because of Jesus and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The cult we're all just fine with. <laughs> are we? Apparently. You couldn't go to Wendy's today, so if that tells you anything. Is Wendy's Wendy's is closed for Easter? Fucking everything was closed today. Everything. Huh. Except I went to the movies. That's the only thing that's open, like 365. But You know, um, I, I went home for Easter for a safe, um, safe family Easter gathering. Um, and Dale's, the family restaurant... In, in South Haven, which you would think would be closed with its traditional conservative values, I imagine. <laughs> you would think it would be closed for Easter, but they were wide open. <laughs> Something about them being wide open is upsetting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are kicking off uh, this limited series uh, with uh, my pick for the month. Uh, oh, it's called... Uh, Cult of Rantinality. Um, all right, so uh, we're kicking it off. My pick uh, with the film Faults, uh, which is a little uh, little film that I saw, uh, I want to say four or five years ago. Um, and I really liked it then. And uh, I'll just say this about Cults, uh, right up there with... Uh, with home invasion for me as um, just one of the most terrifying scenarios I could imagine. Same for me. I think we maybe talked about this last week, but yeah, as a very impressionable person, uh, cults are very scary to me, maybe because I was in one for the majority of my life. Same. So yeah, creeps me out of how like easily I could still just be in that cult. Talking yeah. about Christianity, folks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, there's no <coughs> sugarcoating it. <laughs> um, Ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it does check every box. Just the idea that I'm not in control of my own mind or that I don't have free will. Not for me. Aww. Let's jump right in. Um, Doug, I'm going to need some fat deeds, brother. Biggins. Alright. Um... This here movie was released March 6, 2015. Directed by Riley Stearns. And written by Riley Stearns. And no budget information. Can't be that much, I assume. Sure. <laughs> no, I would think it was I would I would think it would be small. Yeah, this guy, I like this movie a lot. He only ever made um he's only he's got another movie called The Art of Self-Defense. Which I've avoided because I don't like Jesse Eisenberg mostly, but I really dig this movie, so maybe I'll check it out. He's awful. Yeah, yeah not a fan of him either. And I get him confused with Michael Sarah, who I also hate. Yeah, they both suck. <laughs> the giant double turd sandwich right there. <laughs> <laughs> double turd sandwich. 
Put your turd on my turd. <laughs> stuff with the Double butt shall not be used in such blasphemous ways. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, Doug, I believe um, that you had not seen this film before. Is that correct? No, I've never seen this. Okay. And Kendall, I believe you have seen it. Yes, I have been so excited for us to talk about this movie in any capacity. So I was really excited. <laughs> yeah, we've been telling you no for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think what really struck me about the movie the first time I saw it is that it starts off like pretty entertaining. Like it's like it's pretty comical for a, a little bit. Um, and that's and that's evident here in this uh, meal voucher scene, which is where the film opens up. Uh, which is uh, painful uh, to watch at times. <laughs> um, watching... Man, Leland Orser, uh, so good. So, so good. I mean, his name's Leland. Come on. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, I did note that the, the gentleman's name, his given Christian name was Leland. And he's been in, like, he's been in so much shit. Uh, I know him most from Seven as the 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 Dick Blade guy. Dick Blade, yeah, that was the character's name. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, he was in Alien Resurrection, Escape from L.A., Taken, The Guest. He's a great, great character actor. He's really good in this as well. Hilarious when he's asked to leave the restaurant and then he says he's not finished eating. Um, and then he pours the ketchup onto his plate and <laughs> begins to eat that with a fork. Love it. I love it. Um, and he's, uh, he's supposed to be getting a free meal, he says, uh, as he's staying at this hotel where he's giving a presentation about cults. Uh, he's an expert in, uh, self-proclaimed expert, uh, you know, in, in how these things work and the goings on inside, you know, these organized cult religions and he's written a couple of books one successful one not so much um so he's also informed that not only uh is his meal not free but he's got to check out of the hotel uh so he says about stealing everything in the room even the remote control batteries um <laughs> which comes back into play uh in just a little bit in a pretty amusing way buddy is hard up for stuff um, he's just a loser. Is he, or is he like just unfortunate circumstances? Unfortunate circumstances are what makes a loser. I think. I mean, I don't think anybody's just born a loser. The loser <laughs> in the literal sense is that he he just keeps losing <laughs> at life, essentially. Agreed. We see Ansel, who's our main character, giving a um, giving his presentation. Now, given like the way we're introduced to him, uh, you may think that he's, you know, the way we see him like trying to steal the meal at the restaurant and stealing everything from his hotel. Um, you know, you might think that he's, you know, you might get the, get that impression that he's just a total washed up loser. But, um, when he starts talking about the cults and like how they work and, and describing them, like it's accurate and it's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And like you, you might get the feel that he is kind of a con man, but yeah. he, he fully believe he's, he's behind everything he's saying. He's for real, the real yeah. deal. Like 
that starts to come out like as you as you learn more about him um and then you know right away during like the heckler sequence um you you begin to like fill in some of that so um there's a guy at his little seminar uh who's like lackluster crowd man yikes (laughs) yes not great not the fact that he's pulling an audience at all is impressive you know he's got a heckler in the crowd this guy's talking shit at him calls him a murderer and we find out just immediately uh, that this guy is the brother of someone that uh, Ansel had tried to save uh, from some other like suicide cult. Um, and though we don't know the uh, details as of yet, uh, we are led to believe, based on him getting his ass kicked, that uh, that did not go well. Well, we learned right then and there that the... Was that guy that did the... Um, uh, the guy, the heckler guy, was that someone of note? Cause he looked familiar. familiar. It looks like maybe somebody from one of the Hatchet movies. We M dubbing him. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's see. Mm. Yeah, we learned right then and there that like this this guy's sister died. Like, she's dead. <laughs> that is, that is the definition of dying. Yes. She is um, has expired. Hmm. Not credited. Don't know. Don't know, brother. Um, All right. Well, uh, the the only other people that he interacts with um, at the uh, at the meeting there are uh, Claire's parents. Paul. Well, there is this really uh, this really charming like little off thing, little side thing when this uh, this little boy is escorted out by his mom, and you get that oh, yeah. line about how you know if you when someone makes your decisions for you, you've lost your you've lost your free will. And it just kind of hangs there in the air with that kid looking at him. Which was a little on the nose, but I thought it was cute. No, it's good. There's lots of, like, knowing glances, like, all throughout the film. All right, well, um, yeah, he is approached by uh, Claire's parents, um, and they are uh, Evelyn. Sounds right. And I want to say the dad's name was Paul, maybe. yeah so they're big fans they want to get an autograph um (laughs) they pull out a copy of a book for him to sign and he's like shuts it down like he doesn't sign that book he only signs the new book that he's selling um which he'd been trying to hawk for 15 dollars and he he parts with for them uh for 10 dollars just like driving home that point that this guy's just he'll take whatever he can get and he's so paranoid, he checks that $10 bill to make sure it's not counterfeit. <laughs> I like the idea. That, I like the idea that Ma and Pa are running scams at the fucking uh, Holiday Inn Express uh, conference room. They're fake 10. Um, they but you learn are, here that he also, sorry. Go no, go ahead. No, he also had, uh, they mentioned that he had a, he's had a failed TV show. Mm, um and they they just want to tell and he just keeps refusing yes um they're looking for help for their daughter they're worried about her uh is this a period piece kind of looks it like Mm. early 90s feeling you know i didn't think about it i didn't think about it when i was watching it but now that you say it 
based on the TV show that he was on. That did look pretty 70s. Yeah, you know what? All the cars, I think, were older, too. You know, it's not something I've thought about, but now that you say it, like, it makes total sense to me. Just given the surroundings and... Pretty seamless. Him him driving, like, a a pacer and... Yeah. the, The hotel room and the old tube TVs and... Yeah, you're right. I don't know why... Like it looked like a period piece, but um, it played like a modern flick. It it was it was odd. Yeah, I think that's. I think maybe that's why. I think that's maybe why I didn't even notice is because. But even the way everyone dresses, like their clothes are not of this time at all. Interesting. I've seen this a couple of times and it never dawned on me. That's a good thing. I think it's done really well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, all right. Uh, uh, he makes, he, you know, they, they're asking for his help. And the line he says here is that anything that he says would be a half-assed version of something on a page in his book because he doesn't give a shit anymore. Um, so he's just worn down. Yeah. He's a man beaten down by, by time. Uh, we meet a very interesting gentleman in a bolo tie. Um, sent by another gentleman named Terry, uh, who through dialogue we learn is uh, Ansel's agent or manager. Um, I guess this guy is like Terry's henchman, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we learn later that he's just an actor yeah. that Terry also represents. That he's just hired to intimidate Ansel. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, he's, he's there to let Ansel know that Terry's dropped him as a client, uh, and he wants all his money back, uh, for the book. So now we learn that, um, this Terry person has funded, um, Ansel's book and it's obviously not going well. Uh, and he has one week to come up with the money. Um, and then he gets down behind his car and starts breathing in his own car exhaust. Just like an, not the most efficient way to probably pull this move off. Just a sad, desperate man. Yeah, it's rough. That slobber like dripping out of his mouth while he does it. Yeah, then he falls asleep in his car and, uh, I guess just cut to morning and that couple is knocking on his window. Wants to talk to him, and he's like, fuck no. But immediately, there's no hesitation, immediately agrees when they uh, say they'll buy him breakfast. That's one of my favorite moments. He's like, yes. Um, and then we... It's fucking fast and furious going on outside. We get, uh, we get Claire's parents, like, you know, kind of laying out the, uh, you know, what's going on with their daughter. Um, her dad saying she told me that she found God and she made love to him in front of a crowd of people and then Ansel just being like yeah that's not good um, <laughs> pretty funny it's really they're they're mainly just giving him the rundown I guess of, well faults the yeah. name of this 
cult, religious cult, and the isolation that they've imposed on her. Yes. Um, and this is where he runs down uh, what deprogramming is. Um, basically a method for pulling someone out of a, of a, of a I was going to say a fault, of a cult. Um, basically forcibly take someone away from the group uh, for their own good, take them someplace they don't know, that the group doesn't know, and then break them down. And he said there's only like a 50% chance that they'll get their daughter back. And then he says that it's actually uh, a lot less than that. Um, so he kind of lays that out. Um, and then that takes us right into the kidnapping scene, uh, which was, which I dug a lot actually, where the camera just stays in the van, um, and we follow like the two goons out to grab uh, this girl in front of the grocery store, and and by the way, like nobody at the grocery store just watched. Yeah, no one gave a fuck. They just sat and watched and just <laughs> carried on. <laughs> crazy. Um. And Elise had missed the beginning of the movie. She walked into this part and she was just like, I guess she knew it was a cult movie. So I think she thought the cult was kidnapping the girl. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not you. <laughs> you have no frame of reference. <laughs> but this, uh, this scene leads to one of my, one of my favorite, like kind of throwaway bits. But, um, that whole thing about the snafu with the room arrangements. Yeah. The guy uh, that was responsible for booking the room booked it on the second floor. Because there were no, no uh, non smoking rooms on the first floor. And Hansel's like, why does that matter? And the guy's like, none of us smoke. This is, it's adorable. Somebody that is not really cut out for this, just a whoever. Uh, anyway, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then one of the kidnappers gets a little overzealous and slaps Claire in the face, um, which comes back later. Shouldn't have done that. Mm -mm. Uh, there's the whole, like getting Claire into the hotel room. Um, you know, once we get in there, um, (laughs) Ansel gets a nosebleed, which happens a couple times in the movie. Um, but he cleans up. Uh, he cleans up the blood with this steel wool that's like in the bathroom sink. Um, it, yeah, that's another weird thing. I don't. I mean, maybe they did this in whatever year this was supposed to be, but I haven't been to a lot of hotel rooms that just have like steel wool, like just lying around. Yeah, that was weird. Um, he uses it, then sticks it in his pocket, like. Um, it's like he had plans for it because he looked at it. He studied yeah, it for a second and like, then shoved it in his pocket. kind of like tossed it up. Or maybe he just steals everything that he comes in contact with. So oh, I didn't think of that. That's yeah, good. That's gotta be it. He was all like, why the fuck was there steel wool underneath a sink randomly? <laughs> oh, no. I think he was just taking it to have it as Probably. a cleaning supply of his own. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> Hell, this is a nice steel wool. <laughs> um... All right, so uh, sticks in his pocket. That's going to come back in a cute way in a minute. Um, their first interaction, um, you know, Ansel questioning Claire. Doesn't like to be called Claire. Uh, 
just makes her upset. Um, she talks about how she chooses to live her life the way she wants. She's free. Um, she talks about how she wants to kill him. <clears throat> uh, she thinks she could reach out Pretty and strangle him, strangle him right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> and then he's like, I just, I'm going to move back now. Um, and then she said she wants to kill him, but she's just waiting on a sign from God, at which point his jacket catches on fire, <laughs> like in that exact <laughs> moment. Um, and then that was cute. it was cute. And you realize it was the steel wool that he had shoved in his pocket, I guess had rubbed up against the battery that he had stolen earlier and come aflame. Yeah. Um, He's doing science experiments. Yeah. Uh, Claire goes to the bathroom. Uh, She's screaming in the bathroom. I just wrote screaming in the bathroom was my note. But then I just put comma and other country hits. Uh, (laughs) Um, All right. So he lays it out for her. He's like, you stay with me for five days. And then you can go anywhere you want. And he's, I guess he's hoping at the end of the five days that she'll want to go back home with her parents. Um, and then she agrees to these terms. Um, all right. So we get the, uh, the next note I have is for the second interaction. And, um, this is where they have like discussion about Well, before, before that next interaction, his nose starts bleeding again and she like becomes very helpful. Hmm. Yes. And also, seems out of character. Before any of that happened, um, he had left. He had told one of those like goons to like stay awake and make sure she didn't sleep at all the first night. And then he slept. And then, you know, the goon pointed out that like he had nodded off, but um, you know she never went to sleep or she never tried to leave, and she could have blah blah blah. And yes, she is very helpful with the nosebleed. Um, during their next encounter, uh, they have the discussion about how old she is and how time means nothing in eternity. Um, and you learn a little bit about faults. Um, you know, from a fault comes a change is something that she says. Um, and then that, you know, that leads him to ask, you know, is there something coming? And she's like, I don't want to talk about that. And they talk about how she found the cult. Um, you know, she says, I found them. Like a voice told her to go to them, and that's how she found them. And then he's like really pushing her for like the, you know, the details of the cult. And um, he was like, well, Who's the first? Like, who came first? And she says, God. And then when he says, Who is God? And then she says, You have to find that for yourself. So. A lot of, you know, a lot of cult mentality here. Um, she's pretty, she's pretty culty at this mm-hmm. point in the film. Mm-hmm. She cult rent. <laughs> Indeed. Cult rent Claire and uh, he, <laughs> bring, <laughs> he brings her parents into the room. Um, says that, you know, he thinks that she's actually doing well enough to know that they're actually next door. Uh, in the adjoining room and uh, so he lets them interact for just a moment Um, uh, then it's uh, bedtime now she offers to let him sleep in the bed and you know he's like 
No, nah, that's probably not a good idea. Um, I love how she she still is so firm in believing that not only is this a good thing, but God is going to use this as an opportunity for her to to teach her parents even more. Yeah, like this, she, this is this is going to be a good thing. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's pretty like she even drives that home by saying that she's not going to run away because she wants to use this time to like, I guess, reach her parents. Um, I guess being that they've never listened to her before. Um, all right. Uh, when he wakes up, she's wearing, um, his shirt and seemingly nothing else. Uh, you know, which she's very uncomfortable with. Um, and his his covers have been removed from him, yes. which he was very very intentional about um, her not being able to see him like removing his clothes or whatever. You're right because he took his pants off under the covers. Yes, and I've been there. She <laughs> she removed those covers. I think she did. Of course, everything she's doing is super intentional. Uh, more conversations about faults. Here's where they talk about Ira. Um, this Ira person being the, you know, I guess leader of their cult. Um, and then they start talking about the levels. Uh, you so know, right here is where, so I know I've, I've told you guys that I've been watching a lot of that uh, Scientology uh, series with Leah Remini. Um, I really feel like a lot of terminology, um, and you know, this may be because really the only like cult, super culty cult that I know much about now is is Scientology. But um, I feel like a lot of terminology is taken from Scientology, like the talk of being um, invisible and all these levels. You know, Scientology, like the your highest level of consciousness or whatever is they call it going clear. Um, and she calls it being invisible, going invisible at your highest level. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There. Yeah. So there's some, and there's, uh, there's some other stuff, uh, in a, in an earlier scene, they talk about how children are parasites and we don't, we don't have time for them to become autonomous. Um, and there's there's a lot of weird stuff with kids, how they they have to be seen as just like as just literally small adults in Scientology. It's a big thing. It's really weird. Anyway, just I'm, I don't know. Maybe that's pretty common, pretty universal among cults. But that's the one I know a lot about, and it's yeah. No, anyway. there's definitely. I mean, they're definitely. They're definitely pulling mm. from from the big ones. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. They talk about the levels, um, invisibility. The final level being one moves on. Um, you know, which I, I remember when I was a kid. Uh, the uh, who were the people that were riding behind the comet? I forget the name of that group. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Uh, suicide Cult. Folks, if you don't remember, you should. 
just Wikipedia. I just remember watching the news and these people, um, you know, it was this mass suicide cult because they believed that it, when if they committed suicide as the, the comet was passing over Earth, that they would be transported to a ship that was traveling behind the comet. Um, fucking nuts, man. I just, like, I was like, I was like pretty young and impressionable when that was on TV. And I was just like, I know there's, I could tell you pretty securely that there's not a spaceship behind that comet and I'm a child, (laughs) but they get, they get in there, man. They get into your head. It's fucking nuts. It is nuts. Mm Um, all right. So, um, they go into the room, uh, the parents' room next door to get um, uh, Claire a change of clothes that her parents brought. There's a really fun interaction here where uh, Ansel is like trying to get the parents to switch rooms because they have double beds and they just have the one bed <laughs> and the dad is not having it. Um, and there's a... Uh, he gets a phone call uh, from the guy that he met that Terry had sent there. And I like this line a lot where he said, yes, you're the dark gentleman from the parking lot. And then the guy on the phone says dark. And then he says in a mysterious sort of way, I meant <laughs> I just thought that was great because <laughs> he was a black gentleman. Um, they want half the money that they're owed right now. And then, um, Okay, um, he has to ask the father for half the money uh, up front, which is super awkward. Um, and then he has to leave and drive overnight to drop this money off with this Terry character because, um, you know, they're hounding him for it. And so he has to leave the deprogramming. Um, and he wants um, Claire's parents to keep her locked in the bathroom overnight. Just keep her isolated I guess he's also doesn't like the energy that Claire and her dad have with one another it's aggressive confrontational very I mean he suggested that she slit her wrists Mm, that's true he did he did say that all right uh Ansel drives all night to uh meet Terry at his photography studio uh oh Roger Workman this guy plays uh, Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, and he's in a billion other things. Um, he is Roger Workman, right? Lost. Um, we're talking about. I was talking about Terry. But yeah. Yes. Ter- the actor who plays Terry, he plays Roger Workman in Lost. Like I don't, I don't remember who Roger Workman is. The guy, uh, like the the work suit that they found <clears throat> the like the he was like a skeleton in a van holding a, a beer i think mm, mm, yeah, yeah 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 okay i'm probably yeah, misremembering him. a lot of that but i'm certain that was no that's working. him yeah that's him he's also the wolf man in monster squad uh huh. yeah he's been in a million things um through this interaction, we, we learn a lot more about Ansel, uh, about his situation. We learned that his wife divorced him. Uh, during that divorce, he gave, like, he let her have the rights to his first book, which was a hit. Um, 
because he was working on a second book, which was not a hit, uh, more of a shit. And, uh, <laughs> and he lost his TV show. So he just lost everything. Um, he's got three days left on this deprogramming, but Terry wants his money in two days. Just turning up that pressure cooker a little bit. Uh, and then he heads back to the hotel where he finds Claire now outside the hotel room asleep on the ground. The bathroom door is still closed and locked. All right, folks. Uh, we're having some uh, technical difficulties tonight. Doug's having some connection issues. Uh, at Casa Doug. I don't know what's going on over there. So... Uh, while he attends to that, Kendall and I are going to finish talking about the film. Hopefully he can get sorted out and jump back in with us. Okay, so uh, we were talking about Ansel going back to the hotel, uh, finding Claire uh, on the ground outside the room. Um, drags her back inside. Uh, is kind of like going off on her parents. Like, you know, how'd you let her get outside? Uh, he asks for something from the bathroom. Claire's mom says the bathroom door is locked. Um, which all this is so like deliberate because a door that locks from the outside, you would never look at it or attempt to open it and say, this door is locked. Like that was all for him so that he would repeat that the door locks from the outside. Um, super fucked up. Like, Everything that happens in this movie is super fucked up. Like, when you watch it with the knowledge of what the movie is. The first time you watch it, it just seems kind of quirky and weird. Um, but when you go back and watch it, knowing how everything plays out, um, everything is done on purpose, set on purpose, planned out to the T. Really. And um, I'm glad we buried the lead thus far. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just so good. It's so <laughs> yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad. I, I've seen this movie like three or four times now, but yeah. I really think it's better upon a rewatch. It's you might think you would say it's Absolutely. kind of signs, not signs, uh, like uh, six cents, six cents, yeah, esque, where like. It's a one watcher, but no, you. This is one you want to watch a couple times. No, I found because um, I'd seen it. I'd seen it once, and then I think I showed it to somebody else. And so I've only seen it twice. I think this might have been the third time I've watched it. And I like throughout the entire movie, I'm like noticing all kinds of stuff um, that I'd never noticed before, and I don't think you can notice or you won't even pay it you can notice but you won't pay attention to um in that first viewing and so even i'm sorry no go ahead something i noticed i didn't because i felt like you were wanting to bury the lead so i didn't want to let on with anything but even like from the very beginning um when like it was made known that she didn't even try to sleep that first night oh and there's this tiny moment where she's like oh shit like she she feels like she might come off like she's trying a little too hard. Yeah. She knows what's coming. Like she she knows how this is going to play out. Yeah. So I, she's like playing into it to make it a little easier. But there was like this tiny little moment, this like look on her face where she is, is kind of like, oh fuck, am I trying a little too hard? Yeah. 
because like it's it said like she didn't even try to sleep yes and there was there was one thing i noticed that i didn't notice before um when she's when she exchanges that glance with the guy that slapped her in the van did you notice this i don't guess i did so the one guy slaps her and like ansel gives him a bunch of shit about it then he gets his money and like he and ansel kind of like have a you know dick measuring contest um literally uh they whip it out and um you guys gotta watch this movie it's great um no they're kind of getting each other's shit and then um basically he's like yeah you're not gonna do shit about it and he's like like super cocky and then he looks back at her and she's just looking at him and then all the confidence just like just drains from this guy's face and then he leaves and it's like a second of screen time it's so fast but like I'd never noticed it before but it's like they make eye contact and then that guy is just like yeah I fucked up petrified yeah yeah he is um and for good reason all right so but that that was another thing the mother being like the bathroom door is locked it's just something you would never say about a door that locks from the outside you would just open it um but it's just it's all so intentional um they claim that the bathroom door was locked they didn't let her out of it and they didn't hear her leave the room because they were asleep um ansel starts asking her like Yo, how'd you get out of the bathroom? Um, and first, um, she's, she's laying like, it on thick. She is. And she's like, come here. sit next to me. And he's like, nah. <laughs> and then she's like, please. Um, so she tells him when he left, she felt abandoned. Um, she thought that he wasn't going to come back for her. Uh, and so she started to pray. And that her prayer turned into med- meditation. And then she goes, th- she describes this whole like out of body experience where she imagined herself stepping out of Claire's body and then being able to see herself. And then she imagined that she walked through the door and then, and then she walked through the door. So, um, basically saying that, you know, she prayed so hard that she was able to pass through you know, physical barriers. manifest another version of herself outside the door. Yes. Pass through the door to unlock the door. Yes. Not just that door. Also the front door where she fell. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Unconscious. <clears throat> um, this is when Ansel is kind of like freaking out here and he tells the dad, you know, we can't leave her alone and I need the rest of the money. And he's just like, I don't trust you. I don't trust this whole situation. Like I need the rest of the money. So right here in this moment, like he knows this is fucked up, but like he won't leave because he needs like, he needs the money so that he can pay off this Terry person. Um, and then, uh, this is when like the dad freaks out, starts choking him. And then Claire even like steps in to like intervene and to like save him again, just like putting herself in this like savior position for, and like they're, 
there's a second here in that little bit of exchange when they're sitting next to each other on the bed before that whole blowout with her dad. Yeah. Uh, her dad, um, where she, where she says, uh, like after she says she felt abandoned, she also said like, but I haven't thought much about the group and she's just laying it on thick. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I need you. Yes. Like she is really getting to him. Yeah, she is. Um, and he's very vulnerable at the moment. He is. And then, um, so once she, and she goes on to even say like, um, she's considering this, like she was talking earlier about teaching her parents, but now she's saying that this is an, an experience for her. She's now leveled up. Yes. Um, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah, you're right. And this, this is one of the, this is one of the parts of the movie that I find the most upsetting is when they're like, he's talking about your dad could have killed me. And she's like, he wouldn't do that. And then, uh, that's when he's like, I'm leaving. And he just, he says, I have free will. And then he just says that he has free will like over and over and over again. And like, because he's trying to like talk himself up to leave in this moment. And in that moment, he understands that his free will is being challenged and he's like repeating it to like remind himself that he has free will. Um, and then ultimately he doesn't leave. And that is so upsetting to me. Like that terrifies me. This notion that you can, you're trained even like you're not just an average Joe off the street. You're trained to know what's happening and to realize it and to like fight against it and then still can't make himself leave. Um, it's just fucking scary. She's got her hooks in him and that's terrifying. That's so scary because I mean, everything we do is based on the idea that like we're deciding that at least for my life it is. And then to think that my thoughts and my decisions are not my own at all they're controlled by somebody else is pretty uh well for for a while i mean you you did live that life yeah that's true yeah that's another like i think that makes it even more scary that's terrifying it is and then like that is even you know that is even like they even like bake free will into that, like the idea of free will, but it's not true because it's like you have free will, but if you exercise it, you, you know, you go to hell. Um, if you exercise it in a way that this, you know, all powerful being seems un, you know, doesn't please him, then you go to hell. And it's like, okay, so do I really have free will? Um, and they even, um, and they even will try to take that from you um, to the extent where you, where you decide not to live that life anymore. Well, it's just like, oh, so no matter what you do, this is all, quote, God's plan doesn't matter. Um, all of it is. And it's just like, it's, it's bullshit. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it's just, it's, it's fucking wild, man. Woo, yeah, so it's stuff... Back- Stuff like this bothers me because I just I see that I see my life around the edges of it and it's just freaky. Scary. Yeah, it is. It gets under my skin. Um, but no, back to him like trying to 
work himself up and remind himself like I'm okay I have free will I have free will and then he tries to logic like oh it's like he he is petrified and he just asks like are you gonna step outside of yourself again yeah and this like turn right here where she's like you believe don't you yeah and it's she takes on what his role is supposed to be like they swapped yes it's so yeah it goes all over me yeah the well as it as it unfurls like and god it's just yeah the whole thing is just really upsetting especially if you've seen it a few times um so the next scene is what happens at night like he wakes up because she goes to the bathroom and so then he follows her to the bathroom i think to listen to see if she was going to pray in there I think that's what he was doing, but then he hears her peeing, so he he walks away. Then she comes out uh, with no pants on, um, and no underpants, and then she starts kissing him, and he kind of resists for like a little bit, but then, uh, you know, he just gives in. Um. And then she's well, he's just, like sad and lonely and vulnerable and yeah. And then she's this is, like, it's it's working. Yeah, it's definitely working. And uh, then she tells him, you know, lick my face, just I guess to see if he would do it. Um, she starts testing like you know his, uh, you know her power I guess suggestion over him at this point. He has no control, essentially. Yeah. He's not in control any longer. No, he's not. And was he ever? No. No, not in this situation, never. Um, and then she tells him that she's going to need him uh, to go to sleep. And then he even asks, what are you doing to me? And she tells him, I'm in control now. And then he goes to sleep. And then he wakes up. This whole part is so fucking weird. Not that the... Not that the yeah, the lick my face wasn't weird um but he wakes up and they are playing a like they have set up the tv and they're playing the clip of his show um, you know I, I love right here the little bit of continuity that like this whole the whole scene uh where he leaves and goes to see terry goes to visit terry yeah. I really think the main point of that was to establish, like, to get that cut on his face so you could timestamp this stuff. Because some of this stuff is like, is this a fever dream? Is this a mm, flashback? Yeah. But I, I really like being able to see what's up with that gash on his face. The movie is very intentional, like, not just within the context of the movie, but, like, in the in the filming of it also, um everything there's all these little like these weird little like cutaway shots like close-ups to like certain things um things that may just not seem to matter at all but like everything that happens in the movie matters uh, quite a bit sorry i totally interrupted you talking about this no that's no I love, thing. no i love that point um yeah so he's watching the interview uh of his show and it's the interview with this girl, um, same girl whose brother had punched him in the face earlier in the film. 
Um, you know, and she's clearly, he's interviewing her about this cult that she was in and they were all dead now. It's like a suicide cult. And so he's interviewing her post the suicide and she's clearly, I mean, visibly not okay talking about it. Um, and he's like kind of pushing her for, you know, to answer these questions and you can just see that she's not comfortable or yeah, it's just a bad situation. Uh, then he wakes up in his car, in his suit, uh, with the hotel room key in his hand. Um, and I guess it's all supposed to have been a dream for him, um, in that moment, but he walks back up to the hotel room and it seems empty. Um, and then he finds Claire in the he bathroom. He so easily could have just escaped the situation. He could have just left yeah, right then. But he's got to know. And that's the that was another test, I think, of hers, is to like, oh, I'm just going to put him out there. So close yeah. to just leaving this behind. Yeah, and it's like, later he says it quite literally, but in this moment, this is just like another test of like, is he going to leave like, or is he going to stay? Like how, how deep are those hooks at this point? And I'd say pretty deep. Um, <laughs> pretty. Uh, yeah, he goes back and he finds her in the bathroom. She's acting like nothing happened. She's acting like she didn't know what he's talking about. She doesn't know about the tape. Her parents have left. She thought he abandoned her again. Um, and then as they're talking, the bathroom door shuts behind them and it's locked. Immediate meltdown. Yes, big time. Hey. Hey, Doug. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> so we're talking about the uh, the bathroom scene. Uh, the door has just shut on Ansel and Claire locking them in the bathroom. Hmm, okay. Yeah, and he has a full-on, like, meltdown here. Um, why would I lock the door? The door, you know, you know. And uh, then she starts pressing him uh, about that interview on his show and that girl, Jennifer, and why she died. And so... Um, you know, her suggestion to him is that, you know you used her for ratings like this death cult they all killed themselves and then two days later they flew her out to be on this tv show um and uh and, and so he's you know even still in denial about that in this moment he's just like no this was like a vacation for her like i cared about her she was like no you pushed her and she was unstable and then she ended up you know, committing suicide and, and he keeps trying to deflect that away from him until, you know, until he accepts in that moment that, it, um, that it was his fault. Um, she is just giving him no opportunity to think just no. quick fire. Boom, boom, boom. Yes. You're a piece of shit. Um, and he says, nothing ever happens the way it should with me. Everything always fails. Um, and then she starts, and then she starts in on this Terry person. She's like, 
you know, you don't owe him anything. Like, do you owe him? And he's just like, no. And she's like, you, the only person you owe is yourself. And like, she's just like reprogramming everything about him. Like in this moment, um, tore him down to build him up. Yeah. And then she asks him how he feels. And he says, clear free. Another Uh, Scientology thing. Yeah. Um, and then she walks him through this scenario. So close your eyes, push everything out of your mind, pull the other you out of you and look at yourself from outside yourself. Um, and then walk through the door, um, unlock it and then pull that other you back, become one again open your eyes, open the door. So they go through this whole scene and it's, you know, a few minutes of her walking him through this. And then at the end of it, when he opens the bathroom door, um, it opens and, uh, and he's pretty much a goner at that point. She asks him, do you trust me? And he says, unquestionably. Yeah. Um, Terry's man shows up, uh, and then we see like a shadow, like kind of come up behind him and then Terry gets tired of waiting and he goes in, um, Claire shuts that hotel room door behind him. Uh, we see that, uh, this other guy's name was Michael, by the way, we see that Michael has, looks like a screwdriver sticking out of his fucking skull. And, uh, and they tell him that Michael has moved on. Um, and then uh, Ansel picks up his book from the TV and he's kind of confronting Terry. And then he starts talking to him about faults. And he says, a fault is a fracture, a place where pressure builds until it releases. One day I'll be a mountain, but for now I am a fault. And then he just fucking beats Terry's ass to death with that hardback book. Um, Boy, dead or hell. Yeah, yeah. Like Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah, he fucking borns the shit out of Terry. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, Claire is like watching on the whole time, um, just like loving it. And uh, you know, so the next morning. Well, and she tells them she t- she like does this weird like dog like pretty much like good boy Mm -hmm. tells him he did such a good job listening and she says isn't it easier than thinking yeah isn't it easier than thinking i don't i don't like it no it's gross (laughs) um that's right that's right yeah they so they go out to the um you know, they're, they're leaving the next morning. He goes out to his car and he's sitting there waiting and he just looks like a goon now. Like he just looks crazy. When he's thrown out all of his remaining copies of his book, threw out all his shit that his old life is behind him now. Like he's, you know, he's got this new whatever. Um, and then she says she forgot something back in the hotel room. And, um, this is when she asks him, you know, will you wait for me? And then he says, where else am I going to go? And so like, he's literally in the car and it's running and he could just leave, but it's over for him. 
she goes back into the hotel room, uh, knocks on the adjoining room door. Her parents haven't left. They're still there. Uh, find out that they're not her parents. At least I don't think so. Um, they're not. No, I didn't think so. And uh, she tells them, you know, what a good job they've done. Uh, they're about to reach their final level. Um, and, uh, she gives them each, uh, what I can only assume is some, some sort of poison from out of her little necklace, um, that she's had the whole time. And, uh, they eat it and they lie down in the bed where they're going to die. And then, um, she walks out. Oh, it's also revealed that she's Ira, by the way. They call her Ira, this character that she was referencing earlier in the film. And she walks out and she gets in the car with Ansel and they just drive off together. And then the movie plays credits over absolutely no music, which is upsetting. That shit is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Um, like I said, uh, cults and, and home invasions. I guess... I guess it's just anywhere where I believe that I'm safe and like I guess I just always believe that I'm like safe in my own mind but you know like not every per you know there's some really rational people that like get caught up in these cults and um you know it's sad and it's scary to think that you can lose control of of your thoughts in that way or that someone else can manipulate them and um yeah, I don't know. Blech. Yeah. Freaks me out. Just the entire concept of it. Agreed. And that's false. It's a feel-good romp for the whole family. <laughs> I wish I was here for it. <laughs> Well, what did you think about it overall, Doug? It's all right. Um, I didn't hate it or anything. It was it was a movie I've seen. Uh, we were talking while you were the lead guy is fucking phenomenal. That Leland dude, dude, he's great. Um, he's so good. I you know I like him in this so much, and I really like him in the guest also. This is another really strong yeah. performance by him. I've forgotten uh, about the guest. Yeah. Movie. He's really great in that. Yeah, man. I like this movie a lot. I'm glad we watched it. I haven't seen it in a long time. What were you all saying while I was gone? Oh, I was saying, what were you talking about while you're gone? Is it's a movie that, like, doesn't just hold up under repeat viewings, but I think it gets better. Um, I just, I've seen, I'd say it's like the third time I've seen it and I've just caught a lot of stuff. Just what maybe felt like throwaway at the time was just, there's nothing thrown away in the movie and not just in like context of the movie, but like, you know, camera shots and like weird little angles and like little pieces of dialogue that seem pointless. Like under repeat viewings, you're just like, oh wow, I didn't ever notice that before. So I just think, I think it's kind of like that. Oh didn't mention uh that dude who dude who struck her oh heather 
They had him killed, yeah. Yeah, they had him. Yeah, they they tracked him down and had him killed off. That's what you get when you're coming at the uh, the Beyonce of uh, faults. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, well, that's our first cult film. Uh, hope you guys had fun. Uh, what are we talking about next week? Because I don't even know. Um, I reckon we'll do mine. All right. And Can I have decided that the one I told you guys, that's that's what we're going to go with. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. All right. Oh, no. Sorry. What was your pick again, Doug? Um, can you even hear me? I can hear you yeah. right now, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. This these computer problems have put me in a terrible fucking mood and I'm trying really hard not to smash <laughs> the fucking screen in. Well, I'm I'm reading um, loud and clear. Well, we're gonna go back in the way back machine. Mm-hmm. To the year 1943. Whoa. And watch a little movie from a uh, famous producer named Val Luton, who turned out a lot of low budget horror films that are pretty famous to this day. And uh, one of the first big satanic cult movies is called The Seventh Victim. Okay. I've not heard of this. We're going to give that one a whirl. Never heard of it. What else did he produce? He's done Cat People. He's okay. done... Um, you asked me and now I can't think. But he has a ton. I okay. Walked With a Zombie. Uh, he has a ton of fucking films that he's he produced. He was a, a big... Uh, a big name in horror back in the day. Nice. So have you seen this one before? I have, but it's been a long time. Very okay. long time. Um, I just wanted to throw something different out there. I had I had five or six movies I was going to choose from, and um, just thought I'd throw a wrench in the gears. Yeah, no, I like it. What's it called again? The Seventh Victim. The Seventh Victim. Okay, cool. Is it readily available? Uh, Shutter just added it in its classics uh, section. Nice. All right. Hell yeah. Well, I'm into it. We don't we don't often cover something quite that old, so. Yeah, I just wanted to give some love to the old school. So. Yeah, I dig it. Sweet. All right. Well, next week, folks, the seventh victim. I like. It. I like it too. All right, let's kick it on over to the horn shoe. I don't have a ton of horror news this week, but what I do have is the biggest story I think of the year. Uh, is writer Tony Burgess discusses his unmade sequel, Pontypool Changes. Folks, Pontypool, probably the <laughs> most important film we've ever covered, will ever cover on this show. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That movie was bad. I'm glad that they didn't make another one. That movie has a gigantic following. It's, it, it has a lot of love. 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Fun. I don't get it either, but it's just one of those things, you know, every movie, I mean, people, people love what they love, man. I, I don't know. That one, I found that to be so obnoxious. Kiss is kill and whatnot, but, uh, man, oh man, people love the pun, pun, Right. Yeah, I remember uh, I read the comment section on the uh, Facebook post of that on um, Bloody Disgusting's Facebook page, and literally <clears throat> every comment was, "Oh man, this movie's awesome!" And then the next one, like, "This movie was fucking bullshit." <laughs> and just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just a good fifty-fifty on Pontypool. Uh, <laughs> polarizing to say the least. Mm-hmm. Oh man, what a film! um all right well uh let's get into rants recommends uh i actually have some this week but i'll 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 hold off and see what you guys got i'll go first if my computer will let me (laughs) do it um have you guys watched the first episode of the new season of creep show i have not no, uh, damn it, I'm into. Uh, I watched it late the other night, and I almost text both of you, and to tell you stop what you're doing and watch it because it's fucking phenomenal. Okay, it's the best. It's the best episode they've done so far. Okay, I'm excited and, uh, to watch it. It's and this is considered season one of episode two, right? There was a holiday special. No, this is season, yeah, season one, episode, uh, season two, episode one. Yeah, you, you know what I meant, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so good. Two stories. Um, one's kind of uh, heartwarming and crazy. The other one is nothing but fan service, and you'll be glued to it the entire time. Nice. I might watch it tonight. So good. So good. Sweet. Nice. And um, my other one is um, Kong versus Godzilla because it is fucking great. I've watched it three times now. Wow. And it keeps getting better every time I watch it. I'm I'm all about um, fun movies coming back. We we watched it Wednesday night when it came out, mm-hmm. and then my um, kids have been wanting to watch it again and again and again. And uh, my youngest son tonight, after all of our Easter horse shit, um, we watched uh, some old school Godzilla. We watched Godzilla versus Gigan, and he was digging it. So nothing but fun. And I'll probably watch it a fourth time because it was fucking amazing. It was so much fun. Loved it. But I was destined to love it anyway, so... (laughs) I've yet to see it, man. I really it's, want to. If you just want to see a, some of the best fight scenes, uh, creature fight scenes ever filmed, check it out. That's all I got. Kindle. Um, I don't have a lot. Um, I watched for the first time on April 1st. Uh, I watched April Fool's Day. 
which I Ooh. thoroughly enjoyed. I haven't seen that in a long time. I've never I liked seen it a lot. Um, enough that I'm recommending it. Uh, let's see. I also, all right, I'm going to recommend it, but <laughs> with a caveat. <laughs> all right, I watched Bad Trip. Um, that new Eric Andre thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. But I don't, I was talking to somebody else about this. Like Jeff, Jeff Tremaine was there. Okay. Producer, jackass, you know. Um, But a lot of it seemed to rip off jackass. A lot of it was just not original. And I'm like, the guy was right there. Like he had a hand in this. I don't. I don't know. It was it was a, a good enough movie. I'm gonna recommend it. It's a silly. Just watch it. Little Real Howery is probably my favorite part of the whole thing, um, and he doesn't really have a whole lot to do with it. But um, yeah, it's a it's like a it's a feature length uh, prank show. What was the Grandpa Jackass movie? Was it just called? It wasn't called Bad Grandpa. That was that shitty movie with Robert De Niro and um, what's his nuts, right? No, that was called Dirty Grandpa. Bad Grandpa. Uh, was the, was Bad the Grandpa Knoxville. was the Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Okay. It's just like that, right? Yes. Basically. Okay. I don't know. It just seemed to rip some of the same exact stuff that I've seen in Jackass movies. All right. All right. <laughs> or recycle some of the same stuff. Hey, well, recycling is good for the planet. You're right. But still, we're the watch. It's funny. I laughed the whole time. <laughs> it's funny. Check this Ridiculous. out. I was mad about it. But if but I laughed a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know how I rate shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's all Halloween five, and then just just down hey, from there. <laughs> y'all like movies? This is one of them. <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan three times. Watch it. <laughs> no, even I hated that. Oh god, it was bad. What else you got? Um, that's all I got. You know, um, since we are covering cults, I. I gotta re-recommend that Scientology aftermath, mm. whatever Leah Remini thing. I've heard it's, it's good. Re- I've heard it's very good. Yeah, my wife uh, watches it, likes it. That's all I got, though. All right, I got a bunch. Um, I watched this movie on Netflix called Bad Trip, and I thought it was hilarious, and I loved it. And <laughs> it's one of the better prank movies um, that has a narrative in it that I think they've done. Like if you're talking just like a straight up jackass movie, like that's great. Um, but they've started to make these movies where it's like we got to get these characters from point A to point B. I don't know who's demanding that. I think that the 
pranks by themselves are good enough. But somebody, some somewhere, they're like, we got to get the characters on an emotional journey for some reason. Um, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't think about Jackass at all, but I also haven't seen Jackass in a number of years. Um, it was hilarious. I laughed really hard. Um, I was genuinely caught off guard by a couple of things that happened, uh, in the film. So I'm also recommending Bad Trip. With no caveats. Thought it was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thought it tickled every funny bone I had. Um, and Lil Rel is the best part of the movie. I don't, there's a, there's a moment, there's a moment where he goes into a porta potty and then he starts making all this noise and then somebody goes to investigate and then he's in the porta potty like almost up to his shoulders, and he's going down and he just looks at this woman. And he just goes, I'm sinking. And I fucking lost my mind. <laughs> oh, God. So good. I also, I'll tell you what I like. <clears throat> I'll tell you what I like about that movie as opposed to those other movies. The people that they interacted with were incredible. Like, the people who found themselves in those situations and then, like, tried to make something positive happen. Like, they got some really helpful, positive people that they pulled these pranks on. And, uh, I don't know. I thought that was a nice touch. You don't see that in a lot of those movies. Like all those people weren't just like, what the fuck just happened to me? A lot of them were just like, how can I help in this situation where this fucked up thing just happened? Um, you know, I'm curious about when this was filmed. Well, I, it was supposed to come out last year. So I think it was filmed a while ago. Okay. I was like, there. Just I felt so weird watching it. Like this had to have been before COVID. It was because I remember seeing a trailer for it in the movie theater, and I remember thinking, like, I don't care about this. Did but, it not come out at all at the theater? Uh, uh-uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it just came out on Netflix, straight to Netflix. Oh, okay. I think they bought it. Um, anyway, it's a good ninety-minute ride. Um. Uh, I also watched a little film recommended to me by my friend here uh, called Psycho Gorman. Gorman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, um, if Power Rangers villains uh, were R-rated like space demons, um, that's what the movie was. It was yeah. so much fun. Um, tons of fun it was just insane like turning the one kid into that giant brain creature and then just like that's Alistair Alistair that's just him now and like yeah and they were okay with it (laughs) at one point he says you think I'll ever be normal again and she's like no but I like you how you are now Um, I mean, I laughed a lot, (laughs) um, but it was also cool. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It was literally, (laughs) it was literally really cool, but also hilarious. I don't know. It's like a, it's kind of like a live action Rick and Morty sketch, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's so fucking 
stupid, but like I loved it. I don't know. It was it was a good watch. I enjoyed it a lot. It's just like all this ridiculous stuff is happening, but somebody like built some really great like uh prosthetic makeup and and practical effects. The effects do. are great in it. They are. They're so good. They're all they're all practical except for like, you know, laser beams and shit, but Yeah. I don't know. It, a lot God. of love went into that that flick. Absolutely, it, it must be seen to be believed. I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can even describe what happens. It's just so much fun. Oh, I enjoyed it. Psycho Gorman. Y'all have talked about it at length a couple times now, and I still have no clue what I'm supposed to I, expect. I don't. Which I love. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's, I don't, it's crazy. It's. If you like Rick and Morty, then you'll like this because it's a live definitely. action Rick and Morty episode. It definitely basically. is. Um, okay. Uh, I went to a movie theater. I saw a film called Nobody, uh, starring Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yeah. Um, I, when I left, I was like, wow, is the boy, they really just were like, well, this is a John Wick movie. Um, because the guy who wrote it also wrote the first John Wick movie. So I was just like, oh, I see. Um, I thought it was going to be funnier than it was. This is not to say I didn't enjoy it. I'm recommending it because it was fun. Um, but I thought like there was going to be like some... I thought they were like, this is John Wick, but we got Bob Odenkirk, so it's going to be kind of silly. Um, it's played pretty fucking legit serious action movie. Um, Christopher Lloyd is in this movie. I don't think he's advertised at all. Um, and he's—I've never even heard of this. It's uh—it's basically just a John Wick type movie where um, Bob Odenkirk is like a—he's like a boring dad, um, and then uh, y- you know, he just goes through his day-to-day routine, just boring nobody. Uh, hence the name of the film. Uh, and then one day these people break into his house and uh it just sets off a chain of events where it turns out he's some sort of like John Wick style badass, um, which is an interesting role to put Bob Odenkirk in. Um, and he's pretty great at it too. Like I really enjoyed it, but I just, I don't know. I thought it was going to be, I thought the marketing of the movie was that it was like a John Wick, but it's funny cause this guy looks like a, you know, somebody's boring dad. So the only thing I've seen about this movie um, is like a little like teaser thing on Facebook, yeah. but it makes a, a Better Call Saul reference. Oh, weird. It's like nobody calls something. Maybe it's like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a clear Better Call Saul reference. Really weird. Well, probably because that's like what he's most known for right now. Anyway, it was a super fun. It was a super fun action movie, um, you know, in the style of like, I don't know, like, I I wish, I wish they'd make a few. I wish this would be like Bob Odenkirk's Taken franchise because I love Bob Odenkirk. Um, it was a good movie, but you know, I just wish it was a little less John Wick and a little more original because it kind of falls into generic because it's so much like the other movie but um you know i got does to go it end up it. being a, like a revenge movie uh well it, he just kind of um it's not a revenge movie but like 
he just beats up these guys randomly on the bus because they're just like assholes. And that's a great fight scene, too. It's really well done. Um, and then one of the guys he beat up happened to be, um, happened to be a, like, the son of, like, a Russian mob boss, and then the Russian mob comes after him, and then they attack his family, and then he goes after them. It's just, you know, it's very John Wick. Um, it's like the RC Cola of John Wick films, so it's good, (laughs) but, you know, it's just, like, very similar. But I'm recommending it because I thought it was cool. What would you call the tab of John Wick films? <laughs> Taken three. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where nobody gets taken. <laughs> so it was a really interesting title. <laughs> um. All right. All right. All right. Uh. Let's see. I also watched. Uh, oh man, I watched Sound of Metal. Which is on Amazon Prime. Um, If you are, um, you know, if you were like, man, I'm having a great day and I'm feeling really good and you wanted to feel depressed, I would recommend Sound of Metal because it's a bummer. Um, No, it's incredible. It's a boner? Yeah, it's a bummer. (laughs) It's a boner. No, um, it is uh, Riz Ahmed, who was in uh, The Night Of and Rogue One and a bunch of other stuff. Um, he is a drummer for this like metal band with his girlfriend, and uh, he goes deaf. And then he has to adjust to life as a deaf man. Um, and it is... Uh, it's... it's it's pretty uh, devastating, <laughs> but it's also like really incredible, and uh, his performance is really really strong. So, um, I liked that movie a lot, even though it was very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just a wave of emotions over here, from happy to John Wick to sad. Um, trying to think. Uh, if there was anything else. All right. So I went to the movie theater today, took my family to see uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And uh, I love uh, the 2014 Godzilla. I was not crazy about the King of Monsters, which I believe we talked about at length. Um, and I think that Skull Island is super fun. And I think that this new one is awesome. <laughs> I thought it was really fucking cool. Um, mm-hmm. I And again, to me, like these movies, I think, live and die about whether the human storyline is fun to watch at all because they insist on showing it to you so much. And it's just like, if an hour and a half of your two hour movie is just people explaining the action that you're not being shown on screen. That is upsetting to me. Um, but like, I liked, you know, I, first of all, um, like it just, if you've got a five year old and you can safely take them to a movie theater to see, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I would do that because I took my five year old and when we left, 
I said, first of all, he spent the whole movie with his hands over his mouth, like just, and then he just kept going, ooh, like that was his reaction the whole time, every time something happened. And when we left, I said, Grayson, did you think that movie was awesome? And he said, oh my gosh, yes. That was his review of the film. Um, dude, he loved it. I loved it. I mean, it was the, the fucking action sequences are just so great. If you want to watch two giant monsters just like punching the shit out of each other. Three. Ah, uh, yes. And a third one introduced. Um, and then I even liked, I, I liked the, I liked the storyline with the, the kids and the fucking, the dude who has his fucking monster podcast. That, um, Australian kid can fuck off. He sucked, but I ain't there for him. So I don't care. Well, he's from New Zealand, Doug. Oh, I'm sorry. And that New Zealand kid can fuck off. (laughs) He was all right. He's just there to be the guy that says the thing. Oh, I know what he's there for. And I I understood what he's there for. Um, I, I I ain't there for him. I really liked the scientist and the girl with the sign language. I I was down with them too. I felt like yeah. invested in their story. So, um, and I was glad that we kept Kyle Chandler to a minimum because I felt like he put me to sleep in the last movie. So, um, but yeah, I dude, I loved it. I thought it looked. I thought it was. I just loved like the look of it, the colors, the fucking fight in hong kong is just like insane it wasn't scared to get fucking a little corny and a little high goofy high concept too yeah which was awesome go with it (laughs) like it's a fucking giant ape and some sort of you know nuclear dinosaur like just fucking uh that whole like i don't know whenever it leans we just watched uh, Skull Island the other night too because I was just curious what Grayson would think about it and uh, as we were watching it I'm just like this movie is fun as shit like it's super fucking fun mm-hmm. um, and I think that, that you know the Godzilla movies and I like the first one but I you know I think that they're just like hey Godzilla's here but this is fucking dead serious and like this is a global problem and we gotta take this super fucking seriously. Whereas anytime like Kong is thrown into the mix, they're like, Hey, isn't this great? There's a big monkey. And let's have a good time. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I loved it. I thought it was fucking dope. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I was you know, I've been looking forward to it. And um you know. And, and again, like, first of all, I'm just happy to, to go see a movie. But second of all, like, it was a fun movie. Like, even like the Bob Odenkirk one, I was like, that was, I'm glad I got to see it. But it was like, not great. Um, this was like, big and fun and crazy. And just, it just left it all out there. Like, I think if you're going to do like Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla, whatever the fuck it's called. Um... I think you gotta, you know, you gotta go big. I think people want to see what they, and I think you're gonna get exactly what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Tons of fun. Loved yeah, it. loved it. 
probably be watching it again tomorrow. <laughs> it's fucking dope. I immediately ordered the uh, Cavity Color shirt the second the credits started rolling. Yeah. It's a good shirt, too. It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt. Yeah, man, but that's all I got. There's a bunch, but. Cool. I said you had a bunch. I thought you were going to have like a dozen. No, no. I'm used to my bunch. <laughs> Kindled bunch. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that sounds yucky. <laughs> Well, not until you made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, folks. Well, that is all we got here. Um, Doug, tell the fine folks uh, where they can find us all over the interwebs. Well, you can um, send us a message at carpenterrantspod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, um, Instagram, Carpenter Ranch Podcast, search us, follow us, like us, all that good shit. Tell a friend. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all that good shit. Like, subscribe, review. You know the drill. What's your favorite movie with a monkey? Any Which Way But Loose? That's one of them, yeah. Uh, the, Not monkey shines. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, I would say Dunstan checks in. There you go. Yeah. Mighty Joe Young. Anybody? The original or the Charlize Theron one? Mm, I've only seen the Charlize Theron one, and I haven't mm. seen all of it. <laughs> So that's not one of your favorite. I was just prompting listeners. Maybe they forgot their favorite monkey movie. <laughs> oh, do you guys remember that Born to be Wild movie? No. Which what is, one is that? A guy teaches a primate of some sort sign language and then like busts it out of a zoo or a sanctuary or wherever it was or something. I just I remembered know. my favorite monkey movie. Tell us, I'm dead, tell dead serious. Congo. Oh yeah, fucking Congo. I've never seen Congo. You've oh, never seen God. Congo. Congo is so good. How is that possible? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. We've watched it as a group. I don't know how you've missed it, and more than once. <laughs> it's like so don't. Oh, I'm thinking. I thought you were saying we we have watched it. No. Like TCR has watched it. I was like. <laughs> no, I'm saying our friends. No. We've friend group of friends. Yeah. Um, maybe that know. was maybe that was like we're watching Congo. Nobody tell Kendall. Her life will be complete if she sees this movie. <laughs> oh man. Well, now you've got some homework. <laughs> so should I watch before I go to bed? Should I watch Creep Show or should I watch Congo? <laughs> Both. Watch Creep Show. Yeah, it's watch shorter, show. Yeah. but when first thing tomorrow morning, watch yeah. Congo. Yeah, call in sick tomorrow. <laughs> Congo sick. Sorry. Tell, tell you came in, came down with the Congo flu. That sounds not right for some. Your boss will be like, "I got it." <laughs> Been there. 
Oh, silly. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we've been the Nobodies. We're going to be back next week uh, with another. Cult- I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I hope we're all here next week. Um, talking more cults. Uh, and we want to hear about how your Easter was. I don't. We want to hear about how to bow. <laughs> Uh, now keep your Easter to yourself. Um, Remind us the name of the 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 one for next week, Doug. This what was it? Congo. The Congo. <laughs> <laughs> the seventh. The victim. seventh victim. Seventh victim. Thank yeah. you. Watch it. It's on Shutter. So be ready to talk about it. None of you yeah, know the, it. Don't act like you do. No, it's a pretty. It's a pretty well known film. Okay, some of you may have seen it or heard of it. <laughs> It's not the it's not the little known cult classic Congo, but um, no. that's our finale. <laughs> I mean, watch that monkey cult. It's our finale for every series. <laughs> All right, at the yeah. end of our July series, Congo. Is Congo the new Blood Donner? Yeah, um, I think Blood Donner is the new Congo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. Uh, we've been the nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. Uh, I'm Kendall, and I um, am sad to report that I don't have any out-of-context show notes mm. except for Blood Diners the New Congo. <laughs> there we go. That'll work. Uh, keep on ranting and stop eating my sesame cake. Thank you for listening to The Carpenter Rants. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. And Spotify.